This is the 15-minute lunch break with Pastor Hugh J. Harmon here on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. I trust and pray that these 15-minute lunch breaks have been an encouragement every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 noon. And I encourage you to tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a colleague, tell a sibling, tell a spouse to tune in to 15-minute lunch break with Pastor Hugh J. Harmon here every Tuesday and Thursday on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107 here at 12 noon for 15 minutes of encouragement and inspiration. Today, I want to talk about being a man of faith. I don't want to begin with a scripture and then a little story. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, the story begins this way. Trust me, just let go and step out. It won't break. I can hold your weight. And if it doesn't, We'll bear you up on our shoulders, exclaimed Sergeant Major Khalid. I was nervously perched high in a tamarind tree, decked out in camouflage fatigues and about to take a step onto the rope bridge that hung between the two adjacent trees. It was youth cadet camp and I was trying to pass another test of endurance and skill. The tropical summer heat bore down with intensity that only noontime in the Caribbean could give you. About five other recruits had made it across this leg of the obstacle course. However, they were smaller than me and the rope bridge seemed to be barely holding them up. And with each crossing recruit, the sag in the middle of the bridge was getting lower and lower. Now, Cadet Harmon, are you going to cross before nightfall? You've got others behind you and this is only the beginning. Sergeant Major Khalid continued to bark his remarks. Four other officers stood under the bridge waiting patiently. The fall was only about five feet or so. And I could probably brace myself for it anyway. Could they really hold me up if the rope was to break? I doubt it. I was about 180 pounds or so, and dropping from that distance, they would have to really brace themselves. I started to rationalize in my mind all the possibilities, and the least of them was that I would have made it across. My faith in those officers below was so lacking. I had heard them say, trust me, before, only to see a comrade hit the turf in excruciating pain, and those same officers standing around snickering at, the, at my colleague's demise. I did finally step out on that rope bridge, but it wasn't because I had developed any great trust in those officers that stood below. Instead, I mustered up the courage, expected the worst, stepped out in faith, and I could survive any possible fall. And I did make it across that bridge successfully and was truly pleased with myself. But inside, I knew that those officers still had another test of my faith in them ready and waiting. I was going to be ready next time, no matter the risk. Trust is an issue. And an area that I've always had difficulty, even to this day, the people that I say that I truly trust are very few. In the days of my involvement in the cadet corps, trust was an element of the character development process that was inculcated into the military training. I knew I had a right not to trust the officers who were over this training process because I had witnessed their seeming trustworthiness often discarded for an opportunity to, re to ridicule others. Their behavior and history rendered my trust in them baseless and my faith in them of no substance. Trust develops in faith, into faith. Faith is built on trust. Faith is achieved by accumulated trust. My poor perception of the commanding officers led me to have a very little trust and essentially no faith in their word. God, on the other hand, has only been good toward us and just in all his ways. Having faith in God according to what he has done is easy to do. As men of faith, we need to develop characters of trustworthiness so that others can have faith in us. We also need to have great faith in Jesus Christ because he has never done anything for us to ever doubt or question his intentions. A man of faith is a defender of the kingdom. 
Our faith is not only descriptive of the psychosocial conviction we have in God or our total reliance on him, but also it speaks of the entire body of belief and doctrine that is embodied in Christianity. A faithless man is a man that accepts that there is no absolute truth by which he should live. This type of man believes that life is an existence of luck and chance with unapprised falls and peaks of progress. They look to their past experiences of trial and trouble and see their limitations and resulting failure. Faith calls for overlooking what has happened in the past. I trusted my judgment on the cadet officers but by how I had seen them treat others in the past. I garnered a faith in my own ability to brace myself for any possible fall. I wasn't showing the faith that God would smile on, the faith that believes in the impossible and the faith that believes in God's miracle working power. How can you as a man move from being human and look into the past for evidence on which to generate a measure of faith? How can you develop outrageous faith? Faith looks only, not only to the past, but also to the future. Faith causes us to praise God for our victory, even when we are on the ropes with bloody brow, gasping our last breath with deciding blow coming somewhere in the corner of our eye. Faith believes when we are out for the count. Faith believes that God is so awesome and reliable that he will show up even then and snatch us out of harm's way. Even more profound than that, faith says that even in death, God's promise to me will be or has been fulfilled. Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As Paul asserts in Romans, faith is exhibited by belief in the word of God. Romans 10 and 17 says that faith comes by hearing and that hearing by the word of God. Faith requires a listening and attentive ear. We have to hear the promise in order to believe in it. We have to be sincere. We have to hear rather with sincerity in the word before we could believe it. In order for us Men, to hear, we must gain access to a new station. Our channels must be cleared and refocused. And this can only be done by the voice of God that speaks loudly through his word. We must have access to a preacher or teacher of the word. Men need to go back to church and make the conscious decision to join themselves to a man of God or a woman of God or a leader that God has put in place. God deposits the relevant word of wisdom and knowledge into the man of God, and this man of God in turn will preach the word that edifies the soul of this man of faith. Faith is galvanized in the hearts of men once they believe in him. How is one to believe in him unless one has heard of him through the preached word? Faith is a fruit of the spirit. It is born in the trees of our soul once the spirit indwells us. Faith does not grant the fullness of knowledge, but it does grant complete assurance and confidence that this knowledge can be attained. It also allows us to do what our natural minds never thought we could do, and that is to have full confidence and trust in someone who we don't fully know and have never fully seen. The attainment of outrageous faith is not automatic, but as a man of God, growing in faith, God, growing in God faith should be progressive. We should be moving from small faith to big faith the more of God we get to know. The greater experiential knowledge we have of what it means to trust in a faithful God, the more in faith we'll grow. The ultimate realization of faith is that which is spoken of in Galatians 2 and 20. Our commitment and trust in Jesus Christ should reach the point where we live in Christ crucified with him. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. 
In the scriptures, we often presented with scenarios where it is shown that you can get anything from God if you have enough faith. Conversely, we also given illustrations when people wanted something and because of their lack of faith, they did not receive it. As partakers of the ministry of Christ, we are called to be in the farmer group and not in just having faith to be counted as faithful. Jesus references faithfulness and its value in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. The servants that were diligent and worked on reproducing what the master had given them were counted as faithful and received their just reward. What does it mean to have faith? Why do we as men of God have to be men of faith? Faith is defined as an allegiance to duty or person, loyalty, belief or trust in God, confidence. It is an ability of the intellect, the mind to assent or agree to concur to divine truth due to the influence of the will moved by God through grace. A man of faith operates under the influence of God. The word from the original Hebrew text of the Bible from which faith is derived is the word imuna, which literally means to be firm or solid. A man of faith is therefore firm and solid in his convictions. A man of faith is not shaky about coming to church. A man of faith is not weak in rendering God praise and worship. A man of faith is the backbone of the body of Christ, the sturdy foundation on which much of the rest of the body depends. Men of faith hold a special place in the heart of God. Abraham, Moses, David, and Daniel, just to name a few, were all men of faith and were held in high regard by God. Abraham's faith was so great that he trusted God enough to believe that even if he had slain his only son, that God would have somehow brought him back to life and still wrought the generational covenant that he made with him. Abraham moved in faith, forsaking human logic. He knew that he had to make a sacrifice to God and he knew that God had not instructed him to bring any livestock. A skeptical human being would have been thoroughly confused and wondering what kind of God this was that would give me a son in my old age and then want me to give him back so quickly and and in such a brutal way. Faith oftentimes calls us to do things with swift, obedient action and very deeply contemplational. Pondering would have allowed carnality to creep into our minds and our faith would be relegated to doubt. Let me say that again. Faith oftentimes calls us to do things with swift, obedient action and very little contemplation. Pondering would have allowed carnality to creep into our minds and our faith would be relegated to doubt. Therefore, spiritual assertion, faith is of greater value than mental calculation, which is deduction. The illustrations of faithfulness given to us in God's word teach us great lessons on the way that we should walk in faith. Abraham, the patriarch, was strong in faith. He was so strong in faith that he hoped beyond hope that he would be the father of many nations as God had promised. Neither the destitute nature of his natural body in old age and that of his wife, Sarah, were enough to weaken his faith in God. Even after this promised child was born and God asked him to sacrifice a child back to him as a thanksgiving offering, did Abraham waver at God's original promise? Abraham was so sold out to God that he believed that God would be able to cause generations to flow from him, even if he did take his one and only son. Abraham was fully persuaded that God would perform what he had said he would do. If Abraham had loose faith, the moment that God has spoken the promise to him, he would have clouded God's message with doubt. Doubt would have told him, look at your wife. She's too old and yourself. You can no longer produce offspring. 
Sarah's womb is dead. Years of aging has, has rendered her barren. Our natural scientific minds would have to deduce this from the natural evidence that was at our disposal. This is what the substance of things seen would have told him. But Abraham did not depend on what he saw because something in him knew that his eyesight, just like the rest of his aged body, was no longer reliable as a source of building confidence in God. He had to depend on something that never grew old, his soul and his spirit. God had made a promise to him and they had bore in his spirit a conviction that was unbreakable. God counted his faith in him as righteousness. The example of Abraham's fortitude and faith was not only for Abraham's sake and edification, but also for us who have come after. Romans 4, 23 and 24 says, Now it was not written for his sake only that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Unstaggering and unwavering faith in the face of seemingly impossible circumstances is required of us. This type of situation is what God relishes because it is an opportunity for him to show that he is the one in control and for him to shine forth in his full glory. When the surrounding circumstances are so undeniably bleak and out of your control, God can show up and get all the glory rather than others taking credit for how they did it for you or how they helped you out of a rut. It also prevents you from taking the credit for bringing yourself out. I wanna encourage you today with this 15 minute lunch break and tell you to be a man of faith, you have to put your entire trust, faith, confidence, hope in the Lord. Be encouraged.